0: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired a podcast for the ups and downs of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn Senior News Editor for Job Searches and Careers. Each week on Get Hired, we talk about leveling up. Sometimes we talk about finding work. Other times, we talk about excelling where you are right now. And through it all, we focus on how to stay true to yourself in the process. Here in the U.S. and a few other places around the world, we celebrate Pride in June. It's a time for the lesbian, gay, bi, trans, and queer communities to mark the progress we've made in society and recognize the challenges that we continue to face. Part of that is how we show up and exist day to day at work. As part of our yearly celebration of the LGBTQIA communities here at LinkedIn, I host a video series called Out on LinkedIn. If you haven't checked it out yet, take a look at the LinkedIn news page or search LinkedIn with the out on LinkedIn hashtag. There are amazing and inspiring stories all around. One of those incredible stories is, well, actually, I'll let them introduce themselves.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Alok. I use they, them pronouns, and I'm an artist.
0: If you've been a person on the internet for, oh, I don't know, the past decade, you've probably encountered a loke's work. They're often photographed with amazing and colorful hair and makeup and fashion that explodes the gender binary. They've written extensively about trans and queer liberation and what living as a gender non conforming person in the world is like. They're generous with their time and advocacy, and they are busy. Alok is a writer of both poetry and nonfiction, a public speaker, a fashion maven, and they're currently on an international comedy tour. So how did they get to where they are in their career?
1: Yeah, I often joke that I'm not only gender nonconforming, I'm genre nonconforming. And for me, it was always about following flow over form. I think that we live in a world where people are always asked to be one thing one category, one profession. But I'm really proud of being part of a generation of people who I think are interrogating that and saying, hey, actually my passion comes first. And what kind of change I want to make in the world comes first. And so I heeded that call and I asked myself, what am I curious about? What brings me joy? And I went there. So from the outside, Having to write a bio and saying I'm X, Y, and Z always feels so uncomfortable because I think for me, I don't experience these different locations I'm in as different. They're all part of the same heart. I am genuinely thrilled by my job and I feel so lucky to be able to say that because there's a direct alignment with what brings me peace and comfort and joy and what I get to wake up and do every morning. And so what's really great about my job is that in a given day, it looks different from the next. Um, There's constant excitement and spontaneity and creativity. But one of the things that I feel like is a sort of undercurrent in all of that, though, is vulnerability. I think so often we're taught that to be professional is to have to sacrifice vulnerability and heart and emotion. But I really feel like as a queer person navigating so many different professional sectors, part of the joy is actually shifting what we think of as professional and actually being able to say mental health and emotional vulnerability and creative self-expression are not oppositional to being professional. In fact, they enhance it. And they make us better and more
0: dynamic leaders. As an incredibly public person, Alok is clear-eyed about both the positives and negatives of showing up as a queer, gender-nonconforming person in a world that doesn't always celebrate those who exist outside what is historically thought of as the male and female gender binary. I grew up
1: in a small town in Texas where I couldn't tell anyone what i was going through because i was afraid then that it would get worse and i kind of made a promise to myself that i would never be closeted about my pain in the future that i'd be able to express to the world here's what i'm going through let me be honest because i know that when you're not it stagnates inside of you and it manifests as so much depression and loneliness and physical pain and so what i'm trying to do is to be out about everything not just my gender, my sexuality, but just to be honest that navigating the world as a gender nonconforming person of color is extremely arduous and difficult and wonderful and whimsical and dynamic, and that we have to be able to hold both. And I think oftentimes in a professional world, LGBTQ people are made to feel like we will only be accepted if we're optimistic, enthusiastic, accepted, proud, <laughs> But the truth is we're living under really hard times right now. And the LGBTQ community is continually experiencing a lot of collective trauma. And we should be able to be honest about that.
0: The professional world often makes it difficult for queer people to show up authentically at work and to be honest about that collective trauma. So I asked Aloke, how can people navigate the workplace and stay true to themselves?
1: I don't think we can underestimate like how old school so many of the rules still are around professionalism. I hear from a lot of trans and gender nonconforming people that dress code is often used as a smokescreen to justify homophobia and transphobia. Oh, what you look like just isn't professional or appropriate or suited for this job. There's still this idea that our appearance is conflated with our legitimacy, is conflated with our ability to do a good job. We need to disentangle that. Like what we look like has no bearing on how we show up in the workplace. And so often you're penalized and punished for being visibly emotional, visibly queer, visibly trans in the workplace. But I also don't want to underestimate the power of queer and trans leadership in the workplace. It begins with an individual saying, I'm not going to tolerate this and recognizing that that creates ramifications and reverberations for all people. So what I would say is assess what safety looks like for you, assess what risks you're willing to take, and then recognize that you showing up as your authentic self is not just gonna help you, it's gonna help all the future use. It's gonna help all the people who feel the same way and don't know that they can be true to themselves. This is a long-winded way of saying, Courage isn't about being unreasonable. It isn't about being fearless. Courage is about knowing, okay, there is going to be backlash, but I'm doing this because it's right. And I think we have to really return to that, especially during Pride. And then I think the next piece of advice I have is to really find affinity in the workplace. So I've been really encouraged by the rise of employee resource groups, of different interests and identity-based groups and companies which for me can be a space to workshop some of this. Like, hey, I'm going through this in the workplace. Have you experienced this before? And I think part of what we really need to also be doing is investing in building community with one another. There's a lot of competition right now where people are made to feel like they can be the only gay person in leadership or the only trans person who's been hired. We have to look past that and actually say, other people thriving and succeeding actually creates capacity for me to thrive and succeed. And we're stronger together.
0: Although most workplaces are becoming more welcoming and safe for queer employees, in some, we still have a long way to go. And that starts, ironically, with the people who are unwelcoming to LGBTQ coworkers.
1: What I would say to people who are unwelcome to LGBTQ people living and expressing ourselves fully in the workplace is who hurts you? Because this is not about us, this is about you. Someone told you that you would only be taken seriously if you disappeared yourself or compartmentalized yourself or lived in reductive categories and binaries. And I'm sorry because they were wrong. And actually you deserve to be embraced in your fullness and you don't get to take it out on other people. What we're trying to do as LGBTQ people is not just empower LGBTQ workers, but actually shift workplace culture to begin with. And so what we're actually trying to do is to say, in order to show up and do my job well, I don't just need to be included, I need to be respected. And that's the transition I'd like to see us push for in the future, is it's not just about including LGBTQ workers, that's the bare minimum. It's about creating a culture of respect where people can bring their full selves and not feel like they're gonna be punished for being authentic and vulnerable.
0: We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Alok gives some advice to young LGBTQ people and to those in charge of hiring. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off.
1: Hi, I'm Jonathan Fields. Tune into my podcast for conversations about the sweet spot between work, meaning and joy. And also listen to other people's questions about how to get the most out of that thing we call work. Check out Spark wherever you enjoy podcasts.
0: We're back with artist Alok. For many queer people, this has been a scary few years. There's been an increase in discrimination, including outright physical attacks. And many people feel like they have to make adjustments to how they live their life, for their own safety. And for young LGBTQ people just entering the workforce, this can seem like a minefield. Alok's advice to young people, stay true to yourself.
1: My suggestion to up-and-coming LGBTQ people in the workforce is you get to redefine success. If we just followed the rules, we wouldn't exist. One of the joys of being an LGBTQ person is that each one of us prioritized love over fear. We knew that there was going to be backlash, misunderstanding, rejection. And yet we still insisted on being ourselves. So maybe then it's time to question those rules. I think when we actually look at who the most dynamic leaders of our times are, they're the people who aren't being small, but are actually boisterous and loud and full and taking up space. And then I think the next thing I would say to up and coming LGBTQ people in the workplace is you're part of a long and sacred legacy. Whenever I'm feeling despair or whenever I'm feeling hopeless or like the world is too onerous and there's nothing I can do, I just remember that like it used to be illegal for someone like me to exist in public. How did it stop being illegal? People showed up anyways and they got arrested 20 to 40 times and they still went outside and they refused to mute themselves to make other people more comfortable. They fought so that I could be free. And so I feel this deep need to ensure that the next generation doesn't have to go through what I'm going through. So whenever you're feeling despair, remember that people were looking out for you and you got to look out for other people. It's not just about us as individuals. It's actually about us as a community.
0: But for us to thrive as a community, some things have to change. And Alok has some thoughts on how companies can adjust to supporting their LGBTQ employees and applicants.
1: I think we need senior leadership to take honest and unapologetic stances and support of trans and gender unconforming people. You know, I have the opportunity to speak to companies all across the world and meet with allies and, and other LGBTQ folks. And one of the things that keeps on coming up is how devastated people are that their companies are not speaking about what is going on with their families. Even parents of trans kids at companies are reaching out, being like, I'm having to maybe even move from the state I'm in because of the safety of my child. And I notice that my senior leadership doesn't care. <laughs> and that's heartbreaking to me. There's a failure of leadership there. I know that a lot of leaders actually support us in private, but it's time to be public about that support. And it's trying to actually say, this is not a political stance. This is just what's right. LGBTQ people exist, that shouldn't be controversial. LGBTQ people belong, that shouldn't be political. And if we begin there, that actually has a trickle-down effect that's going to shift all levels of the organization. And then I think the next piece is thinking about intersectionality in this conversation. You know, oftentimes when people think about workplace diversity, they see racial inclusivity over here. And then they see gender and sexuality over here. But I just want to remind everyone that LGBTQ people of color exist and deal with compounded discrimination in the workplace on the basis of our gender, our race, and our sexuality. And so when we're thinking about diversity, we have to actually understand this is an intersectional conversation. We need leadership of LGBTQ people of color and Black and Indigenous people We need LGBTQ leadership of people with disabilities. It's not just enough to have wealthy white cisgender gay men be representative or exhaustive of the entire LGBTQ community. This is genuinely about making a better workplace because diverse people bring in diverse perspectives which help organizations be reflexive and adaptive. So don't see this as checking off a diversity sort of checkbox in order to appease a demographic or in a base. Actually see this as innovating and evolving so that your company can respond to a contemporary world with all of its problems.
0: Something else to keep in mind, even if your coworker isn't themselves a member of the LGBTQ plus community, you never know what's going on with their family members.
1: I think that there's this myth right now that it's just LGBTQ people who are being targeted, but actually anyone who loves or cares for or is connected to an LGBTQ person is being targeted. Families of LGBTQ people are being targeted. And it can feel so devastating and heartbreaking because we thought (laughs) that we'd made all this progress and it, it just seems to be diminishing around us. In times of despair, we have to actually recommit ourselves to love. And I know that's easier said than done, trust and believe, I get that. But what it means to commit to love under despair is to take the love that we have for our siblings, our children, our parents, our aunts, our uncles, our niblings and to really practice that every day, to make the choice every day to be that person in the room saying, "Hey." That's not gonna cut it. And then to know that people are gonna look at you like, oh, rolling their eyes, like why are you being so politically correct? But to do that, not because you're critical, but because you love. It it looks like that chain reaction of making the choice every day to show up out of love for the people who deserve it. And that's how we're gonna make change is by slowly, I wish it was faster, but slowly chipping away and getting people to understand that love is a chain reaction That's going to create the systemic overhaul that we need. And I think the next thing I I really want to say is that I'm sorry. You know, I don't think that we say that enough. I think we've normalized this climate of anti-LGBTQ sentiment. And we have to say none of this is normal. None of this is natural. And I'm really sorry That instead of focusing on the things that you should be able to focus on, you're having to be concerned about your child's like livelihood. That's absurd and we cannot normalize this. And we need to actually normalize saying, I'm sorry and I'm gonna do something about it. I'm sorry with action. And I'm sorry with action isn't just having a rainbow logo during Pride. I'm sorry with action isn't just making a donation to an LGBT organization during Pride. I'm sorry, with action is 365 days a year, 24-7. How are we showing up to make homophobia and transphobia obsolete? How are we showing up to actually respect the dignity and the humanity of LGBTQ people? And how are we showing up in a way that's not just about caring about a lowly minority, but that's actually about creating the kind of workplace that we all deserve, one in which people get to be themselves
0: and therefore do their best work? That was a loke. Make sure you check out their Out on LinkedIn video and maybe even catch them on tour. And from me to you, happy Pride. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. You can also join my weekly Get Hired live show every Friday at noon Eastern time on the LinkedIn news page. And if you liked this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps people like you find the show. And of course, we'll continue this conversation next week, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien with help from Steven Valdivia, Sarah Storm, and Derek Carl. Joe DiGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is head of news production. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck.